maintenance guys who didn't have to stay late, they would uh, walk by and say something funny like, hey, don't forget to go home. And that was always kind of frustrating because who forgets to go home from work, right? Nobody's going to forget to go. Well, I don't think so anyway. Um, I for sure wasn't going to forget to go home, and I I was hoping that I would get that machine fixed uh, real quickly so that I could go home. Uh, But you know what? In life, uh, we are in the process of going home. That is, if if you put your faith in Jesus, your whole life now is the process of going home. Don't forget that. And too often we forget that we're going home. We just lose track of where we're going. And, and that's that's not a good thing. Because when we forget where we're going, sometimes we uh, slip off the track. We uh, slip out of the the mode of getting home. It's it's kind of like this plug here that Mike had problems with earlier, and I think this is the same one that Lexi uses sometimes. This this little dude is not my friend. He it plugs in and. Eventually, it wiggles out just like an, a sixteenth of an inch, and it starts cracking or it stops playing. And uh, no one even knew what happened. All of a sudden, something sounds bad, or you know, it's not sounding good. And uh, this little thing just gently eased its way out. And that can happen in our lives when we don't focus on going home. The whole process of our life. And we get to just doing things and we forget what our purpose is. And then uh, we disengage just enough to where uh, our life is not working the way it was designed to work. Now, I'm going to tell you a story, uh, a true uh, real-life account of what happened when Jesus heals someone in Scripture. And this is a story, and I believe it's... it's uh, about going home. The end of it, uh, the paralyzed man, he's going home. In this, uh, this account, the first thing we see is some Pharisees. And the Pharisees seem to be always around when Jesus is teaching. The Pharisees are waiting to catch him in some sort of a mistake. You know, they, they want to get Jesus because they're not his friend, the teachers of religious law. They're showing up everywhere. Well, the scripture says that the Lord's healing power was with Jesus. Well, if the Lord's healing power was with is with Jesus, then something's going to happen. It doesn't matter if the, the Pharisees are hanging around, if they're trying to catch him up. That doesn't affect Jesus at all. He's going to go ahead and do what God is asking him to do. So he takes uh, advantage of this situation. Well, here comes some fellas, and they're carrying a paralyzed man. They're carrying this man. They're dragging him along, and, and they've heard that Jesus is in town. And they've heard that Jesus can heal people. And so they want to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus so that he can walk again. Well, the house is full. The building that Jesus is teaching in, there's no room to get in the front door. So uh, you probably know the story. They drag him to the roof. They 
taking him to the roof, and they, they removed some of that uh, roof so that they could let him down into the building to see Jesus. That's pretty amazing. Do you have friends that would have done that for you before you were a Christian? Um, you know, probably they would have they would have taken you to the hospital if if uh, you fell off of a ladder and broke your leg. You know, maybe even a stranger would take you to the hospital if you were hurt. Um, you would probably do that for a stranger. But let's shift that from physical injury to spiritual injury. Uh, For instance, you don't have a way to get rid of your sin. You're stuck with it. Are you the kind of uh, friend who would take a person like you uh, to the one who will heal you of your sins? Or do you have friends like that that would drag you uh, anywhere in front of all the people even if it means, you know, the awkwardness of digging down through somebody's roof so that they could see Jesus. These friends did. These friends weren't concerned about the, the, the uh, property or the um, other people looking on. They had one thing in mind. They wanted their friends to walk again. So they lowered him down to see Jesus. And Jesus says, seeing their faith, he says, your sins are forgiven. Well, a couple things about that. He saw the friend's faith, seeing their faith. That's, that's pretty cool. This paralyzed man is pretty lucky. Pretty lucky he's got some fellas uh, or... or whoever they were, to, to bring him to Jesus. Another thing about this is Jesus says your sins are forgiven. I don't know. We don't know what the, what the initial reaction to that was, but it just seems like maybe the friends were like, um, that's not exactly what we brought him here for. Uh, we we kind of wanted him to walk. Uh, but okay, if you want to, He'll uh, forgive his sins. That's okay, too. Well, Jesus knows what he's doing. Because I, I, think, I think the reason that he said, your sins are forgiven first, is because he knew that the Pharisees, remember the Pharisees, they're lurking around everywhere. You can't get rid of them if you're Jesus. They're just around waiting to catch him up. He knew they were watching. He said, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees, oh no, he just didn't say that, did he? Your sins are forgiven? He is a man. You see, in the scriptures, they say only God can forgive sins, not a man. But this man just did. Well, at least he said he did. Pharisees thought that they had caught him. Caught him now. Jesus says, well, he doesn't actually say this, but I think he's thinking in his mind, oh, yeah, watch this. And he says, you think that I can't forgive sins? 
you probably don't think that I can do something simple as making the man walk again either. And he says this one simple phrase to the paralyzed man. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Right before that, Jesus says, hey, I'm going to do something to prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Now today, I want to, uh, I want to suggest to you that we're like the paralyzed man here. Our lives are like the paralyzed man. Jesus told him, stand up. Stand up. You know, when you're paralyzed, uh, you can't get a whole lot done. At least, not if you're not used to being paralyzed. Think about the day's work that you do now. If you're confined to a mat... Or we could liken it to when you're really bad sick, you're not getting much done. You're stuck on that mat. And in this case, you couldn't even get up. And you probably created a pretty good mess there. Remember what it was like uh, before you were a Christian? Maybe some of you do. Maybe some of you don't. But my guess is you weren't getting a whole lot of real good things done before you were a Christian. You were paralyzed with the sin that probably drove your life. Jesus tells this man to stand up. This is the same thing that he told you when you became a Christian or when you give your life to Jesus. If you haven't already, he's telling you, to stand up. It's time to leave that paralyzed state and start getting some things done. Uh, Yesterday, we were dragging people around in the water, teaching them how to ski and how to kneeboard. And if you've ever tried that, when you first start, it can be kind of difficult. And the look on the faces, if you're in the boat and you're looking back at the people, the look on the faces of them is is really quite entertaining because they're stuck down in the water and the water is, you know, flowing over them. It probably doesn't help that our boat is not usually running real good, so it doesn't have a lot of power. They're stuck halfway down in the water, water's washing over them, and they've got this really straining, worried uh, look on their face like, am I going to live? And, you know, water is just filling them up. And and it's a struggle. It can be a struggle to stand up. It can be a struggle to accept that faith in Jesus, to understand what it is to completely give your life over to Him. It seems hard. Sometimes you don't even try because, well, it'd be too hard. It'd be too much work, which is kind of funny because... The New Testament says it's not by works, it's by faith in Christ. And so, when you finally do stand up, though, oh, it's great. It's great, and, and, and it's still slippery sometimes. 
When you get up on top of that water and kneeboard or skis, it's like you're hydroplaning and it's easy and you're on top of the world and you're getting somewhere. You're not plowing water anymore. You're on top of it. <coughs> it's a great feeling. Sometimes there are things in our life that uh, want to hold us in that trying to stand up state. Uh, depression or uh, continual uh, sin that's maybe not one of the big ones, but one of the small things that, if we could call them big and small, the sin that we just continually do and won't let go of. Jesus says, stand up. The next thing he says is, uh, is, pick up your mat. He tells the fella to pick up his mat. Now, uh, the mess that must have been there, I don't know, it's probably a mess there. I don't think Jesus wanted him to take the mess with him. Jesus said, pick up your mat, but I don't think he intended the rest of the, the <coughs> nonsense that was with him. I don't know, maybe he shook off his mat and rolled it up then. But in, in our lives... Uh, I believe this this can symbolize all the mess we've left behind in our lives before we were Christians. We can make a mess of things. And we can we can leave a trail of disaster. And listen, all of that sin and all of that heartache that happens, you can leave that behind. But don't forget why you can leave that behind. Uh, roll that mat up and bring that reason of Jesus with you to remember. Just, just the mat, not the mess. Leave the mess behind. You don't want to forget to forgive or forget to ask forgiveness from others that you've hurt. In the past, those are important things. Forget all the junk and focus on this one thing, uh, Paul says. This one thing is that race that he is pushing forward to reaching the end of this race. Last week we talked about uh, running the race of this life. And Paul says that at the end of this race, there will be a reward. We don't want to leave our map behind because we don't want to forget why you can forget all of the mess. There are certain things in your life that you can do. One of the things that I do is I, I wear a cross everywhere I go and and this cross reminds me. Sometimes I need just a little bit of a reminder. Hey, I know why I don't have to live my, my life in a mess. I know why my life can be fresh and new and clean. And that's because of Jesus Christ and only because of him. Not by anything I've done. Jesus told the man, oh, pick up your mat. Jesus tells us to pick up our mats. Don't forget why we can move on.
A third thing in that phrase that Jesus told the paralyzed man is to go home. And this is the best one. This is the best thing that he says. Go home. Listen, if you have already stood up, been saved by Jesus, if you've already picked up your mat, which means uh, left everything behind, and you know why you can leave everything behind, then you're ready to go home. Like I said at the first, we're all in the process of going home. And where is that? That is a place that we call heaven. Heaven, and I just absolutely love what happens when Jesus tells him this. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. In verse 25, it says, And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, went home, praising God immediately oh that's cool it just immediately happens um how often do we do what jesus says immediately or does it take some time well uh, this guy had no reason to stay on that mat any longer he spent plenty of time years probably on that mat and it was time to get up he immediately Oh, and they did it as everyone was watching. Um, it's, it's hard for us <coughs> sometimes to even do good things while everyone is watching because we're afraid that we'll do that good thing wrong. <laughs> That's kind of weird, but we worry about what others think too much. And this fella, boy, he wasn't worried. Everyone was watching and he jumped up he picked up his mat, and he went home, and the word here of action while he was going home is praising God. That shows us uh, what we should be doing on the way home, praising God. This fella was so excited. He was so excited to be going home and to be running that race. Because now he could run that race because, uh, you know, he could walk. He had legs that worked. And his sins were forgiven, which probably meant more to him at this point than he'd ever understood. And everyone around, verse 26, everyone is gripped with a great wonder and awe. So they praised God exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Amazing things were seen. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. You see, when, when we obey Jesus, like this paralyzed man, when he tells us to stand up, pick up our mat, and go home, and we immediately uh, jump up, and we immediately uh, pick up our mat and we start going home, praising God. We are getting to heaven. It's a continual process of going there and we are excited about it. When we do that correctly, then those around us will be gripped with great wonder and awe and they will be praising God because of what they see in us. They are seeing amazing things. and They want to come with us. 
That's an important part of a, our journey home as well, is that we're going to take everyone we can um, home with us. Uh, the scripture says that we were made for heaven, not for this world. And boy, I don't think I have to explain that. Uh, it's not very many days go by that the it's not evident in our lives. Boy, this doesn't seem right. Uh, the things that are happening just doesn't doesn't seem like they ought to be happening. Well, what ought to be happening is standing up picking up our mats and praising God on the way home. Um, my prayer is that we would all take advantage of Jesus's words here and we'd understand that uh, we don't need to live our lives in a paralyzed state because of our sin because he's told us to, to go home and that uh, this whole journey we need to be focused on getting home. Uh, yeah, we, we like the idea of getting to heaven. But if we lose track of where we're going um, from now until we actually get to heaven, then that can cause, cause some problems. It can cause some, some struggles, unnecessarily struggles that it doesn't need to cause. And the Lord has made a place there for us that we can be looking forward to. So let's leave the mess behind and let's understand that we should be praising God. It's a, it's a powerfully good and exciting thing that we have and it's only by His grace and mercy that we can do it. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the example that the paralyzed man gives us here. That he just obeyed uh, Jesus when, when you told him to get up and take his mat and go home. He just did it instantly. God, help us to do that as well. And Lord, uh, help us to have joy praising you through the whole process of going home to see you, Lord. What a wonderful day that will be. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. I praise you for all that you do. In your name we pray, amen.